to Dating in the City, Season 5. We're your hosts, the Conti sisters, matchmakers and co-founders of Matchmakers in the City, an old-school personal matchmaking firm, regularly featured on Access Hollywood, Forbes, Relevant Radio, and more. We've been celebrity matchmakers for nine years, and now we're spilling all of our secrets about love and relationships to you. Hey, you guys, and welcome to Dating in the City. I'm Alessandra Conti. And I'm Christina Pineda. And we are so excited to be with you today. Oh, my goodness. Today's such an exciting day for us, actually, because it's the 1st of July, our mom's birthday, and she is with us. Our momager. Yes, and she Actually, will. our chair mom. She will be joining us for a very special motherly advice segment. We usually do sisterly advice, but today we're doing motherly advice. So make sure you wait to stay tuned to listen to that for the very end. Um, And yeah, we're just so excited to be here. Christina, how's your week been going? I know you love talking about yourself and answering the very vague question, how are you? (laughs) I put Christina on the spot last night because I feel like I just lead a lot of conversations lately and I was just, I just wanted to take a step back and let other people lead. But the second I took a step back, there was silence. So, and I hate silence. Literally, there's nothing more than I hate than silence. So I figured I would toss it over to Christina during a family dinner and Christina disappointed (laughs) That was so funny because I felt like I we had so much to talk about and I didn't feel that there was silence at all and I felt like I was even trying to chime in before people were done speaking really? because we had so many things that I wanted to bring up about what we were talking about. That's really interesting <sighs> that you had the opposite. Yeah, I just felt like there were like kind of uncomfortable silences and I was trying to get Christina to... Yeah, that's so, yeah. I think, you know, there are certain state, there are certain times when I just get, I just get tired of leading. And while I love being a leader, it's nice to just take a step back. Yeah. And let others lead. Well, that means let them lead. Don't force them to talk when they don't want to. But even with the planning, so you guys, I am such an, I'm such an avid planner. Like for me, planning just brings me so much joy and it just helps me so much with any anxiety that I might have. So I love, wait, why are you looking at me like that? You hate planning. I hate when I talk to you about plans. I hate when you talk to me about plans. (laughs) But in my own life, if you ask my (laughs) friends, my relationship... I love I love a plan. Well, at least you're you're honest that you feel that you're a high functioning narcissist. I am. I am. It's fine. I'm a huge. I'm. What is it when you're totally a con- not? Con- I'm. I. I'm a. I'm consistently. I'm consistent, but I'm a dichotomy, I guess, because it's like I love planning, but I also hate planning. And like, but like, not. I, I don't like the planning that you do. But anyway, you guys, we have a great show for you today. Um, we're just kind of lollygagging right now. Um, let us start with our first segment, so we can just talk about things that are that matter. Stars, they're just like us. 
In this segment, we discuss the top relationship-related stories in pop culture today and how to apply them to you in real life. Okay, so you guys, the free Britney movement is in full force and I just feel, I feel blessed to be, you know, to have always been on the right side of history. You told me that it wasn't trending anymore. Well, it wasn't, (laughs) but it it was really trending last week. I see, okay. Yeah, and it was really trending in in a hardcore way last Mm, week. Okay. Um, But this week, it, it actually, news just came out. Um, so basically what happened was Britney, after 13 years being in a conservatorship, Britney finally spoke publicly about conservatorship and how essentially there's been so much abuse going on um, in her conservatorship. Why hasn't she spoken publicly about it before? So they, she answered that and yeah. she said that she felt like people would, wouldn't believe her. Oh. She was embarrassed. And she thought that people thinks that her life is perfect because she's Britney Spears and she has all this money and she was just, she didn't think anyone would believe her. That was the biggest thing because it was so wild what was happening and also she was scared because they, everyone in charge was telling her, if you speak out, you're going to get sued. But she just finally, finally spoke and she didn't even know that she had the right to speak. After all these years, she didn't realize, and she had spoken before to a judge um, uh, two years ago, but she told, she said, said that the judge just made her feel unheard. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, so there were a lot of shocking allegations from, um, from her, her plea for help, essentially wow. just being like, please get me out of this. They, I mean, they sent her, and they're using her money to fund this. It's just, it's so wild. It's gotten so out of hand, and her family is very complicit. Like, her dad, Jamie Spears, is the, he was the conservator for many years, and he's still on it, but she wants him to get off of it. And so recently, um, yesterday, a judge denied her request to remove her father from the conservatorship, Again, so but this was apparently not based on what she had just said. So there still is hope. Um, anyway, it's a really messy situation. The thing, though, that I wanted to talk to you about, and um, the thing that I found was also trending in all of this, was that she has an IUD right now. Oh, I, yes. Yeah. Timory and talked about that actually. Really? Yes. Oh my God, Timory, mm-hmm. she's so on it. So Timory, when we, you guys, when we say Timory, Christina is a guest on a, a, an amazing podcast called Trending with Timory. It's a radio show. That, oh, excuse me. Yeah, they also have all the shows are podcasted yeah. and as it's, well. Yeah, it's a very Catholic show. It's on relevant radio. Yeah, very Catholic. So just, you know, letting you guys know that. Um, so anyway, so she has an IUD and the conservatorship will not let her remove her IUD. Isn't that so horrific and appalling? They won't let her get married. All she wants to do is get married to Sam Ascari. She wants to have babies. That's all she wants to do. And the conservatorship will not let her get married and will not let her have children. How horrific is that? That is pure evil. Pure evil. 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 So I want to ask you, Christina... 
birth control in real life. So we always talk about something trending and then we bring it back in real life and relate it to relationships. So in real life, birth control or even other people controlling your your body. Let's just talk about it. I just wanted to talk about this because tell me your thoughts on just hearing this and even for a normal woman, what that looks like. What are your reactions? To someone forcing them to get an IUD? Just talk to me about your feelings. Okay. Well, IUDs, I, just in terms of birth control in, ge- in general. So, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm a little confused on this question. So, well, I, I just want to talk about birth it. control. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important things. to talk about because, yeah. you know, it's we're a dating and relationships podcast and I, I forget what the exact percentage of women will be on birth control at one point in their lives or another. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to hear what your thoughts were and also what your recommendations were. Yeah. And also knowing you guys, these are our personal beliefs Um, what we're about to talk about. And Christina has a bit of a different take on things than I do, but that's what we're doing here. So let's just talk about it, Christina. Right. I'm firmly against birth control Mm -hmm. because first of all, it affects the woman negatively and it can have really harmful effects on a woman's fertility, on her hormones, on the men she's attracted to. And then the men, so if she's on birth control, studies so you're talking about hormonal birth control. control. Hormonal I'm against, I'm against birth all birth control. control. Okay, all birth control. Okay, um, except if someone learns a natural family planning method. Yeah, and that is very empowering for women. For women, because then you get to know what your cycle is, what happens at the different points of your cycle. Before I did natural family planning, I had absolutely no idea yeah. what was going on every month, which is amazing to yeah. see what my body is doing. But I, and I track it and I, and I saw, and there are certain days when you're fertile and certain days when you're not fertile and you're actually fertile a lot less then you are infertile. Yeah, right. You're only fertile. Thir- You're only fertile like three or four days out of the week. I, excuse it me, it out depends. Of the month. It depends. Yeah. And there, it could be certain signs that <laughs> there actually could be more days. It depends on your every, every month what the. You have to look at different signs and symptoms yes. of your fertility. It's yeah. not just a one. There's temperature, there's yeah. other things you have to look at. Yeah. But it's it was so empowering for me because I knew wow, this is what's happening in my body. Now I know, okay, this time of the month, I'm probably going to be in a bad mood and I'll be emotional. And I know because it's the influx of this specific hormone. Yes, it's so good. Rather than messing with something that is completely natural and beautiful, taking a drug that forces your body to ovulate when it's not supposed to and puts you on this cycle that isn't really your cycle and it's messing up your natural rhythm. So yeah, here are my thoughts on hormonal birth control. Um, And I will get a little personal. I took birth control for a while for my acne. Mm -hmm. So this is the first, it's so crazy how- So many women. Normalized. And literally the second I even went to my gynecologist, even and she was like oh well you're 18 you should be on birth control so it was just such a natural like oh obviously you should be on birth control and then even my dermatologist 
because I used to do like I used to go to the dermatologist all the time I used to you know obviously I still go to the gynecologist so I was put on hormonal birth control for my acne and also because I was sorry oh my gosh you guys the men that are listening this is really personal but I was it was like really aggressive I got really bad cramps so they said oh this will help with your cramps it will help with your face and your so but it's so wild because if you do look at the numbers on the charts what you were saying with infertility the the levels the the levels of infertility have never been higher yeah. in the world and the level the percentages of women using birth using hormonal birth control have also never been higher so um there's definitely some kind of correlation and I'm not I don't I'm not a statistician statistician or whatever but I do know a lot of my girlfriends who were on hormonal birth control who went off of it to get pregnant had a really tough time and also a few that miscarried and just had really horrible just I, I, there's also I just want to say there's absolutely no shame exactly. if you're listening to Everything this and you've say. been on birth control for like your whole life or whatever it is for, there's no shame we're, we're not, not shaming you. Shame you we're we just, just trying to talk just, about this issue we just want to talk about it because mm-hmm. nobody talks about it right. this way nobody does and we're at, this Except isn't even Tim, right? yeah ex- I know I but that's also like a more of a context. it's also more of a radical Catholic viewpoint whereas well, it's not I'm, radical it's I know it's but I'm what the church teaches I understand but I'm yeah. not in that I'm not that's I wouldn't I don't really I don't think of myself in that way I think of myself as more of a kind of you know moderate you know moderate person you know what I mean kind of normal kind of societal human being if that makes sense so but I just want to bring it up because it is obviously I'm Catholic and I'm very strong in my faith and all of that but also whatever I I don't necessarily agree with every single thing that Catholic social teaching teaches I'm you know let's be real here um but and that doesn't make me a bad person um it sometimes makes me not the you know pinnacle of you know of doing everything that I should be doing but at the same time I'm living my life and doing it in the way that you know I'm comfortable with but anyway I'm all that to say that even for our secular listeners secular or non-catholic listeners okay so even for our secular listeners that's why I just wanted to bring it up because I also remember when I went on birth control I was my emotional state was so insane. Like I was so emotional. I was making reckless decisions. I was just so, I remember just feeling so sad and feeling then so happy and just being so unregulated. And it was so incredible because the second, literally the day after I went off of it, I felt such happiness and relief and I was only on it I think for like two months but I was so in a place of peace and joy and happiness and I just and my body felt so much more regulated again and it was just so incredible I'll also speak on an IUD IUDs are incredibly painful yeah have basically just mutilation you guys <laughs> so I'm gonna also get a little personal here do you remember yeah. my story yeah so I my at, at how old was I 26 
So my at 26, my health insurance on my mom was like was running out, and my mom has amazing health insurance, and like I we own a business, so like I have good health insurance, but it's not like I could if I got an IUD nowadays, I would be paying like thousands out of pocket. So back then, I said, you know what? Let me max out like using my mom's insurance. Now's the time to do it. An IUD, super easy. And I wanted, I did a lot of research on it. I got the non-hormonal copper IUD. And when you do research about it, it's 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 so crazy because they're like, oh yes, you know, you may you may experience some bleeding initially. You may experience some cramping, some more intense cramping in the beginning, but then it gets better. And when I tell you, I in my life, in my life, I the second I got that thing in, I have never experienced more pain physical pain you know when you see the if it's a smiley face and then they're like the the crying face of like death yeah the coffin different yeah yeah, the different smile i was i was literally at the coffin like i was at the sat most intense levels of pain we were i remember walking in our office in beverly hills walking down right by rodeo i collapsed because I was in so much pain. Because what it does is an IUD, it essentially, it, 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 it hits your cervix. It sits in your cervix. Which, by the way, nobody tells you. But like, if anything were to go wrong, and that's your cervix. That's your baby. That's where the baby sits. So like, if anything, if the IUD poked a little bit here or there or whatever, it is bad news bears. So I was just not as educated and I collapsed and I remember I was on the street I was holding on to a telephone pole I called the gynecologist it was a male and he was just horrible and mean and I was like get this thing out of me and I told them my symptoms they were like okay we'll make an appointment I said it is an emergency and I got it removed but that was also though the non-hormonal that's why I was like okay well this is good it's non-hormonal what damage could it do um, I even was like, why does why doesn't everybody have an IUD? It's so weird. And then I experienced it for myself. So this is from my real world experience. It was so painful. It was very very risky. And I am, you know, I thank God that it didn't affect anything. Not not yet. You know, I listen. I haven't started trying to have children yet, but. As of now, I'm okay. Worst case scenario, you know, obviously there are other options for me, but hopefully it didn't affect anything. Um, But anyway, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to talk about birth control because I feel like it's so, like, we're so shamed if we say that hormonal birth control, like, we're so shamed if we're like, hey, like, this is maybe not the best option. No. Because, like, even to say that it affects fertility, because pharmaceutical companies will go insane. Yeah, and do you know why? Do you know why we're shamed for it? Why? You just mentioned. Because pharmaceutical companies. Do you know how much money is in this industry, Alessandra? Oh my gosh. They're making so much money, and that's why every gynecologist you go to 
and everyone. throw it on you immediately the minute you hit some the minute you get your period basically mm-hmm. so you have to really be careful yeah i remember i was like i'm 12 like mm-hmm. i don't need birth control right now oh but it will help your cramps and your acne Yep, that's yeah. they're getting a huge kickback. Do you see yeah. that Mercedes that they're driving? Oh my <laughs> gosh, not all of them. I a lot of them are awesome corrupt or anything. I, Alessandra, it's soft. Even if they're not sure about how they feel about it, it's easy. Oh yeah, that's an extra yeah. some extra money for me. Ugh. So and it's, it's you're on it for many down. years. Yeah, they and get huge. Probably population control too, Christina. I know. You know, it's probably, there's probably something to do with that. I don't know. The whole 2020 has really just shook me. Like, I used to be, I used to love conspiracy theories because it was, like, fun. But now, I'm just, my eyes are so open after what we went through in 2020. And I'm just like, what really is going on? You know, what's really happening? Um, But anyway, I just wanted to talk about birth control. But I will also say, natural family planning, and even if you're not, like, actively even if you're not married or even if you're not engaged or even if you're not trying to have a baby right now or even whatever if you're sexually active or not sexually active it is natural family planning is such an amazing um I use this app called I started doing it and I use this app called natural cycles this is not an ad for natural cycles but it's so good because exactly even like what you said Christina just Take you take your temperature every single morning, and then you can also like input some of the other um, side effects that you have, and it just gives you like, oh, your ovulation is coming up, so it's like here's what you might be feeling, and right. yeah. So anyway, I just think for any woman to just know that yeah, I'm gonna have hormonal fluctuations throughout the month. And here's why I feel a certain way. Right. This is why I have back pain on this, this certain yes. day. I need to go to the orthopedist for my spine. Totally. Really or like this empowering. is why I'm extra sensitive today mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, about to be getting my period or ovulating or whatever it might be. But yeah, it's it's so much more than just like, oh yeah, you're about to get your period, you're PMSing because that's all we're kind of taught that like right before you get your period, that's when you're extra sensitive, emotional, da da da. Uh-uh. There are a lot of different things. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about birth control, but I mean, yeah, I completely agree. The fact that her conservatorship will not let her remove her IUD and get married and have children, that is disgusting. No, that is is not law. That's unlawful, and she needs to just get it out. She's trying. I hope she just gets it out and does it without people. No, but they want her to be, they want her to be evaluated. And what they do in these evaluations, they sit her in a room for 10 hours. They sit her in a room. Any person would go insane. And she's saying these things that sound so wild. So you know what I mean? She's like, listen, and she's saying like, please help me. Like my father, he said, it's all these things that sound crazy. Yeah. If you're evaluating somebody, you're going to be like, oh wow, she's paranoid, whatever. No, this is really happening. We so need to pray for this yeah. situation. Pray for her. Pray yeah. for those people because yeah. they're gonna have to answer to this. At a hundred percent. These disgusting things that they're putting her through. Ha- that's why hashtag free Britney. Like mm-hmm. I am so supportive of the movement. But anyway, let's move on. So Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton, they're planning a wedding like very soon, July Fourth weekend. So they should be doing it this weekend. They're doing a small wedding on his ranch, and in real life. Christina, so they're, they're, they're talking about just, oh, it's small, it's very low-key. In real life, how important is the wedding? I just want to talk about that, Christina. Mm. 
Because I feel like for so many people, it's, you know, it's so easy to get thrown into and fixated on the wedding, on the dress. On, there's a whole culture. Industry. There's a whole industry mm-hmm. of bridal that. Let's talk, talk to me a little bit about, about that, Christina. Yeah, I mean, I loved thinking about planning my wedding, so I don't want to also shame anyone who likes doing that. But that's great, but it's you also don't want to get carried away with it that and just it's kind of like fill in the groom for some people. And you wanna know that this that the relationship is the most important part. And they have a saying at couple to couple league that the wedding is a day, the marriage is forever. Mm. So you need, the most important thing is who you're getting married to and that you spend the time pre-marriage doing that premarital work, doing the pre-Cana program or whatever preparation program your faith does mm-hmm. for, with you and really get to know the other person, try to prepare yourself the best. And then the other things are just let them be fun yeah. extras and without needing to go hog wild on yeah. on the money. And because I, the funny thing is the more expensive the wedding, mm-hmm. usually the more expensive the divorce oh, and the more so frequent the divorce. I know. One of, our, one of our bachelorettes, I was doing a day coaching session with her and they spent over, they spent six figures plus. Mm-hmm. Like they spent like, well into like almost 500k on the wedding 500k i mean she comes from a very wealthy family and so is he he's a he was a wealthy guy but and it was amazing it was beautiful it was everything they're divorced now because he was not faithful and so it's just you know and she was so just thrown in and focused on that that she was missing these huge red flags Um, So yeah, definitely I think that it's very difficult um, to not fixate on the wedding planning because it's so much fun. I mean, you know, as we plan, you know, our friend's wedding, your wedding, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard, but I think, yeah, I I completely agree with you. It's all about, it's all about, all about that groom or the bride, you know, because some guys really like it too and get excited. Um, Okay. So our little, our sponsor um, for today and for this year is Matchmakers in the City. Matchmakers in the City is an old school personal matchmaking firm headquartered here in Los Angeles with other service areas in New York, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. Um, Matchmakers in the City was started by two sisters, you and me, Christina, um, in a small office in Beverly Hills. And now, 10 years later, we've grown. We have a team of eight different matchmakers. They're the top matchmakers in the industry. We work as a team. We match as a team. We always say it takes a village to find a future husband or a future wife. So definitely, if you're interested in working with a personal matchmaker, go to matchmakersinthecity.com slash free sign up to sign up for free. Yes, and we work with people in all over the U.S. and all over the world as well. So 
feel mm-hmm. free, even if you live there, to sign up as well. Yeah, and also something cool is that our lowest membership is $100, um, which is just being a part of our database, aka being eligible to be matched with one of our priority members. Priority memberships begin at 10K and go up from there. Um, but, you know, it's always, there's something for everyone. And we even have date coaching memberships that begin at 5K. So it's just, there's a lot of different price points. So right. wherever you're at, it's probably, you know, if you're a professional, serious about finding love, committed to it, sign up. All right. So let us move on to We Couldn't Help But Wonder. As sisters, we grew up watching Sex and the City. Now, as personal matchmakers, in 2021, we are living in a very different dating landscape than the ladies once were. In our segment, we debate each question that Carrie couldn't help but wonder episode by episode through today's lens. And this is season three, episode seven, Drama Queens. So Carrie couldn't help but wonder, do we need drama to make relationships work? Oh, I so relate to this. Oh. Um, okay, so just a little synopsis, and we'll we'll be ending, by the way, you guys, today with motherly advice. We usually do it in the middle, but we want to bring our mama in at the end, um, so stay tuned for that. But anyway, so back to um, the Sex and the City episode. So basically, this episode is the one where Carrie's only three weeks into her relationship, and but she starts freaking out because everything seems so perfect, and then Aiden invites her to meet his parents, and she freaks out. She says, I'm not ready, and all of that, but then she kind of comes to the realization that she's acting like Mr. Big was in her relationship with Big, and then she decides to just go and meet the parents. Even though, I mean, I think when I was younger, I thought that they were dating a whole lot longer than three weeks. Three weeks is like way premature to meet the parents. Like, imagine. Well, yeah, and I guess it depends where the parents live and... I guess they were coming in from out of town. Yeah, it's fine. If they're not Three there, weeks? I mean, they're not there very often. Maybe they're only there once a year and he wanted to... Th- all right, well, I'm judgy, wudgy, was a bear. I'm judging. Um, okay, so then, um, da, 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 oh, Charlotte, so my girl Charlotte decides that this is the year that she wants to be married. She reads this book and she's just like on a path and she says, I'm done. I'm ready to get married. And one of the book's suggestions, which is actually a great suggestion, was to ask, um, her married friends to set them up, to set her up with whoever their most eligible single guy friend was. So Charlotte's talking to the husband of the married friend. And you know, Charlotte is just so lovely and adorable. And so then, um, oh my God, do, do you remember this? Charlotte goes to the date. They set up a quote unquote date. Um, but then the husband shows up and basically professes his love for Charlotte. Oh, I don't remember Do you remember that. this? No, no. How horrific no. is that? And Charlotte was so offended that she storms out of the restaurant, but then she ends up walking into the street, and then um, Trey, she falls down onto the street, and then Trey like saves her basically i think her foot her shoe gets stuck in the rail or something like that and she falls yeah and then trey saves her and trey remember trey erectile dysfunction trey oh bless him um so funny aside i did for um 
for when we were in high school, Christina and I were in this class together. Um, we were in, what was it called with Mrs. Kandoff? Psychology. It was a psychology class, Psychology 101, and you could be in it, whatever, because we were in different grades. And we had to pick a psychosomatic disease to um, to to do a presentation on and do a research paper on. So I had just seen the Sex in the City episode, or I had known about this because we grew up on Sex in the City. So I decided to do erectile dysfunction, and I, and you did fetishes both from Sex in the City. Oh. Yep. And it wasn't a sexual disease thing. Like, that wasn't the point. It was like a psychology disease. And I remember there was my prom date who ended up, we went to prom together, was in the class. And I remember him just sitting there being so shook and horrified. And like all the men in the class, as I was explaining erectile dysfunction, oh my word. Okay, anyway, do you remember that, Christina? Of course. So anyway, so she falls that the chemistry is instantaneous. She then it's so great. Anyway, okay, Miranda and Steve. Um, she, he she does his laundry and his laundry like there's awkward stuff in his laundry. Um, so she's kind of figuring that out of like how to live with a man. Um, and then Samantha gets into um. Uh, what's it called? Viagra. So Samantha takes a Viagra. Ooh. Yeah, there's nothing really like that lessony of of Samantha's experience, other than you know that. Don't so anyway, but I wanted to. That. I think that we though, you know, talking about just that, you know, that that fear that Carrie was experiencing of oh my gosh, everything is so great, and that kind of instinct to push back and to kind of self sabotage and push it away because there wasn't all this drama. And she was so used to so much drama with Mr. Big. So I wanted to talk about that for a second. Christina, what's your take on that? And then I'll give you mine. Yeah, I think sometimes I'm thinking about a certain bachelorette who was working with us who who experienced that too, that she was almost self-sabotaging herself because she it was so good and easy with a really the real actually all the men she met. Yeah, but she kept pushing him away okay. because she just she just was used to this drama and this up and down roller coaster emotion type feeling, and she was getting it was more just positive with these other guys, and so I think you need me to if you've been through, been hurt in the past or been through relationships where you had a lot of ups and downs and drama, I think you need to do. Even if you feel like you've done the healing work before you try to enter back in the dating scene, to be aware that you could have scars from those mm-hmm. situations that will keep, will might remind you of, no, don't do that. That gives you pain. Remember what happened to you last time. And that you can say, you know what? Okay, I hear you. That's a scar, but this is a different man. And I've already come to terms with that past relationship. It's over and I need to continue giving this man a chance. Of course, mm-hmm. you take your time getting to know the person. You don't just jump right in and reveal all your deep, dirty secrets in the beginning. You, mm-hmm. You're more reserved. Yeah. So, so what do you guys say? Yeah, I want to talk about intermittent reinforcement, which is something that I think I've talked about before on the podcast, yes. but it affects me. I love this. I, when I learned about re- intermittent reinforcement, my whole world changed. 
Um, because this is literally why you get addicted to hot and cold partners. And there's, so learning about, just I'll tell you a little bit about intermittent reinforcement. So basically it's an inconsistent schedule of rewards that's often a tactic used in abusive relationships. So studies showed that rats pressed a lever for food more when they did not know when the next food pellet was coming. So they pressed this lever lever more for food when they didn't know when it was coming. So they just kept pressing the lever like maniacally when they always receive the food pellet after pressing, and that's known as continuous reinforcement, they pressed it less manically and only when they were actually hungry. So I think I've explained this before with the rats getting cocaine. Um, just to, uh, that was not the study. The rats were just getting food. But, so, um, ah. apologies for that, uh, flub in my understanding of the study. Um, uh, Skinner was the, the scientist that did this study. That was the research scientist that did those. B.F. Skinner. Anyway, so intermittent reinforcement and that's what this hot and cold relationship, the drama of a relationship, that's a lot of times what it is. And so intermittent reinforcement creates a false and inauthentic bond and you're addicted to the behavior and not the actual person. So you're addicted to those highs and the lows and the highs feel so much better because the lows are so low. Whereas for a healthy, long lasting relationship, continuous reinforcement, and that is healthy, long-lasting, and genuine bonds are created through continuous reinforcement. You bond with the actual person when you're not being manipulated by their behavior. Mm. So if you think of it that way, it's like with intermittent reinforcement, you're addicted to the behavior of the highs and the lows. With, re- in, with continuous reinforcement, it's you're not being manipulated. You manipulated. You're when you fall in love, you're falling in love with the person and not their behavior. And consistent reinforce, continuous reinforcement, excuse me, is just a schedule of rewards that's seen in healthy relationships. Rats, rats press a lever for food only when they were actually hungry because they knew that food would be readily given to them. This type of reinforcement is best for long-term relationships because the connection is based on actual compatibility and built on a stable foundation of reliability, trust and consistency. You guys can find this little, um, on my Instagram, I've been doing a lot of different um, matchmaking, dating tips, matchmaker, matchmaker Alessandra awesome. Conti. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is just one of them and I, and it's so huge and that's, that's really, I just wanted to really give a full explanation of drama in relationships. So let us move on to our Final segment. Motherly advice. The moment you've all been waiting for. We are so excited to welcome our dear mother, our mommy dearest, Joan Sherbo Jenny. Mommy, it's so great to have you finally on the podcast after all of these years. Yes. And we're moving on to our sisterly advice, motherly advice edition. <laughs> and happy birthday as well, Mommy. Thank you for welcoming me, girls. I'd be very happy yes. to lend oh. an ear and a voice. Thanks, Mommy. Okay. Every week we answer a listener's burning question, and every week we give you advice that only your sister would give you. This is from one of our listeners. I have a question. If you are dating someone and he asks for a break... 
What does that mean? From We Were On A Break! If you like Friends, you'll understand that reference. If you don't, it will go over your head, but you're also not my target demographic. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so mommy... What it, mommy? Do you know what? Do, what are what are your initial thoughts about that? How old is this individual? Just any any impro- Let's say twenties, thirties. If somebody says, "I want to go on a break," if a man says, "I want to I want to go on a break," what does that mean? It means that he's having doubts. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he wants some time to contemplate the relationship and to see whether it's right for him or not or it could mean he has another girl that he's thinking of cultivating and he wants to see if she's better than the one he has right now (laughs) I'd be very suspicious if I were that young woman yeah mommy you answered that so beautifully and you so pinpointed because exactly, I mean, sometimes it could be for very, you know, giving him, if we're just giving him the benefit of the doubt of he needs a break, like what's best case scenario of why a guy would need a break? Best case scenario. Over, overwhelmed at work, just really overtired, needs some just total cave time that's not. <laughs> or other best case scenario yeah. is maybe you are exhibiting a behavior that he is not okay with, but right. he really likes you, but he has to take a step back to see if that's a behavior that he wants to continue in a relationship with you from. That's more realistic. If that yes. is the case, that is then I, then we need to get to the bottom of this. So if that's the case, I and it, you're clearly in this situation, ask the guy, hey, totally um like no judgment whatsoever can you just give me the reasoning for why you want to go on a break and if it's something behaviorally that i'm doing please let me know so i can let you know if behavior if i can modify these behaviors or if this is just who i am you know so that's best case that is best case scenario of why somebody male or female but male would want to go on a break that's best case scenario worst case scenario is mommy what you were saying Mm -hmm. is that I I also have another uh, pass an, another option. Yeah. Okay. Um, if this young man or older man, whatever, uh, is something devastating happened during in his life, he may sincerely need time to recollect. Supposing yeah. he lost his job, because as we mm. know, men a man's ego is extremely important. And if he's going to be a breadwinner, he's going to be involved in in a serious relationship, he will assume the role of the breadwinner. If he lost his job or something devastating like that happened to him, he'd probably want to uh, separate himself from the situation for a while and see if he's ready for this to give all he has to give in this Mm -hmm. relationship. So that's another possibility. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It may be a remote possibility, but the young woman should definitely have a talk with him and ask him why he wants the separation. Yeah, yeah, in a non-judgmental way of just being like, hey, full transparency, I would love to just hear what, why, you know? Like, why? Why do you want to do a break? I'm happy to hear it. Don't worry. Let's 
I would love to flush this out because then you can say yes or no. Um, worst case scenario is that, like we said initially, like Rami mm-hmm. said, um, that it, there is another woman in the picture and he wants to put you on hold because he likes you, but he wants to see how things go with this other That's woman while and, keeping you on the string uh, still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and also what the young woman should ask, well, what are the conditions of this break? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. In other words. Does this mean that I'm free to date whomever I please? Yeah, that's what a break means. Okay. Yeah, you take a break because you want to explore the other options. But there are some breaks that that say, no, we just don't want to talk to each other for a week. And you're not dating anyone else. There are some breaks like that that I've seen. And actually the people, I'm thinking of one couple who actually did get married after that week-long break where they weren't dating other people. They just said, we need... We need to just have some a week of just discernment before we make that final step. Yeah. So these are all the reasons why a guy could ask you for a break. Um, but ultimately, it's up to you to really figure out what you're comfortable with, even if it is worst case scenario. And maybe you want to date around and explore as well. And then come back to him and say, yeah, actually, I do want to be with you exclusively. I, I have mm-hmm. dated around. I was working with a bachelorette who got together with um, with a guy right very quickly after he had gotten divorced. And um, he really liked her, but he was like, oh my gosh, I literally have only been divorced a month. And now I'm you're the first woman that I, I'm dating and I really like you, but I want to take, I need, I need some time because I want to date around. Um, and then she said, okay, uh, that is not acceptable for me and I don't want to be, I'm not your leftover, so this is a break up, not a break. Mm -hmm. And then he came around and he said, no, no, but I really love you. But then now they're, you know, mitigating all of it. So anyway, all that to say, it's all about what you feel comfortable with. Great. So let's move on to a quick catching up with the Contis. Yes. And then Christina, what about, why don't you tell us what's going on with you this week? Okay, well, we if you want to listen to the the show that I did with Timory last week, we talked about rejection. Everything you want to know about rejection, how to avoid it if you can avoid it, what to do, how to break up with someone, how to how to let someone down easily, not break up with someone, how to let someone down with the best text to send is and that is on my matchmaker Christina Did you Conti. Use mine, the one that I usually yes, the one <gasps> our golden the golden, words. and oh. that's on my matchmaker Christina Conti press page. If you want to see that latest trending episode, or on the Relevant Radio app, yeah, and Alessandra. I mean, I don't really. I have no. I I have nothing big going on this week. It is we were in the New York Times. Oh my gosh! I totally <laughs> forgot. Oh my gosh! We were in the New York Times. I'm so sorry. Yes, <laughs> on Sunday we were. Yeah, I was quoted on the New York in the New just, York Times. Just another. I know. I just forgot. Yeah, it was so beautiful. This amazing writer, Brianna Holt. Um, did a whole spread, like it was front page of the style section, Sunday New York Times, all about dating post-pandemic. Um, the clip of it is on my Instagram at Matchmaker Alessandra Conti. And it really, like she she really got my words. It was a long interview and she really just like got the, got the heart of it. So it was a big deal for matchmakers in the city as well. Um, so that was really amazing. Um, but anyway, and also we're celebrating our mom's birthday. Yes. Doing a so doing Ohi, doing Huntington Library, a lot of fun stuff. Mommy, thank you so much for being here. Any final words for the listeners? 
Oh, it's my pleasure. And I am an avid listener of my daughter's podcast <laughs> as well. And mm. I find the advice very well placed. So I would tell you to continue listening because every year that goes by, they gain more and more experience. And yeah, it's have true. More and more sage advice and counsel for you. Oh, thanks, mommy. You guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys in not next week, but the week after. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Dating in the City. For more information on how to be matched by one of our matchmakers, visit www.matchmakersinthecity.com.